homes today are like little cities full of different interneting boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we watch a movie from our youth and see just how problematic it may be by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we're talking about Splash, which was released in the US on the 9th of March 1984 and in the UK on the 29th of June 1984. It was written by Lowell Gans, Babalu Mandel and Bruce J. Friedman. It stars Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, Eugene Levy, and John Candy, and I'm very happy I got to say the name Babalu Mandel. <laughs> I really like Babalu Mandel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what will happen is Jimmy and I have thought of three problems this movie has, three each, and they could be major problems or they could be silly, pointless ones. We'll take turns in going through them one at a time, and neither knows what the other one has picked. At the end, we'll actually have something positive to say about this movie. So Jimmy, do you have any history with this? With um. I kind of do, yes. Um, I think I've only ever seen this movie in an edited for TV f- um, version. I don't think I've actually ever seen it fully uncut. I think between the versions that I've seen on TV that has the swearing cut out of it and this version that I watched on Disney Plus that has the nudity cut out of it, if you join them together, I've seen it uncut. <laughs> 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 because I'm pretty sure the last time I watched it on BBC Two a few Christmases ago, well, around about the Christmas period, it was on like on a Saturday afternoon, and they they showed the, the you know the backside and stuff. They showed their bum, um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. But I used to watch it. This is one of the ones when I was a kid that I used to watch. I, I recorded it off the TV, so. I would watch it, not like all the time, not as much as I would watch something like The Goonies. Um, I watched that a lot when I was a kid, um, recorded off the TV, and I've since seen that uncut. But I would watch this on occasion. What about you? Um, I remember watching it with my dad once when I was really little. Mm-hmm. And so, and I can, without even talking to him, I'm going to assume he like super loved Daryl Hannah's butt. <laughs> um <laughs> But and I didn't uh, get to see it this time. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is today. So I went to go watch it on Disney Plus because it's just easier to watch streaming than to get up off the couch and go find a DVD. Yep. Um. And as soon as I saw the thing saying it was edited, and I remember, and I knew it was probably just the butt that was edited. But just in case, I just went and grabbed the DVD because I do not like watching edited movies. Yeah. Um. The only exception I'll make is if um Fast Times is on TV because they actually they cut a bunch of stuff out, but they put deleted scenes in. So yeah. There's stuff you can only see if you watch it on TV. Um. At least in America. But yeah, I I saw it when I was a kid, and then three or four years ago, my husband and I were talking about it. 
And neither of us remembered it really well. And we were like, you know, we really like to watch this. I think we were going through like kind of an 80s movie kick. So we ordered it. And I was so excited to sit down and watch it. And it pissed me off (laughs) so much. Um, I got really angry. And I was pissed. I paid the $5 for the movie. And my expectations have been pretty high, right? Mm -hmm. So this time, my expectations were super low. So I actually did enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. This seems to be a pattern with you. I know. Well, that's the. <laughs> I mean, I and some people may not be as affected by their expectations as I mm-hmm. am, but it's like the House Bunny is the perfect example, right? Because House Bunny looked really stupid, and um, I used to like to like I'd get up early on Sunday mornings and just watch bad movies. I wanted like things I wanted to watch that looked like they were probably bad. And yeah. I remember watching the House Bunny, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is genius! This is such a funny movie." Because mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be crap. And so a few months later, Dylan was like, well, you've been talking about how great this movie is, so let's watch it. And so at that point, I'd built it up so much. And when I was watching it with him, I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. (laughs) (laughs) It really, like, sometimes I get so excited about a movie that Dylan gets really worried. Like, when This Is The End came out, like, that was what I'd been waiting for for years. And he was like, I think you're going to hate it. (laughs) And it actually did live up to my expectations. Occasionally it works. Right. But uh, Splash, there's there's 80s movies you just forget how, like, first of all, there's always a million holes in the plot. Of course. And uh, perverts are supposed to be hilarious, which we'll get into. Oh, yeah. And, um, and one interesting thing about this when I was um, reading the Wikipedia page for it and some articles about it is that Brian Grazer, when he had the idea for this movie... Like, this movie, and I think they even wrote a script like this, that it was supposed to be about this mermaid, like, learning to live in, learning to be in New York City, like, out of the water. Yeah. And when they took it to the studio, they were like, oh, make it a love story. So it went from being about a woman to being about a man, which <laughs> pisses me off. Yeah. Um. Right, so do you want to go with your first problem then? Let's get into this, Jen. <laughs> yeah, let's just start with Freddy. Let's right. start with Freddy. Okay, he was my second problem, but let's go on <laughs> with it. Let's just talk about Freddy. See, and I always have other problems I can throw in. But yeah, Freddy is... <laughs> no, it's okay. The, back, this, it seems like such an innocent thing, right? Like, it's just some dumb 80s movie. But, like, when people talk about, like, rape culture, mm-hmm. like, I and I probably wouldn't put this under rape culture, although, like, looking up women's skirts is not... It's 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 in that area, but it's more just, like, misogynistic pervy culture like there's this thing where you know we're all told boys will be boys and men men are obsessed with sex and all this stuff and it comes from things like this like we grow up watching movies like this and we think oh it's perfectly normal for a guy to be like obsessed with porn and want to look up women's skirts which i don't even get no as a man i can tell i don't get it either (laughs) (laughs) well and it's like you know you could say, oh, they don't have porn then, but he does. Like, they may not have yeah. the internet, but, like, what's the point in looking at a woman's panties? Is it because she's, like, because you just can see her panties. Like, is it just because she's right there? I don't know. I, the thrill of, like, you might get caught. I don't know what it is. He spends five minutes looking at a penthouse magazine. It's, so. And we're supposed to, like, and I think we're f- supposed to find him likable, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of like how back in the day people would laugh about, um, flashers 
Like, oh, this guy flashed his penis. And it's like, my mom always told me um, about how a man flashed her when she was pregnant with me. And so she's like, yeah, you got flashed when you were in the womb. And it's a thing that we kind of like lightly laughed about. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, that must have been so horrifying. Yeah, that's quite disturbing. Um. Well, well, and my mom probably plays it down because we're taught that like, like peeping toms are hilarious, flashers are hilarious. Yeah, and I'm so glad we're we're starting to get past that because Freddie's gross. And at the end, when um, Alan's trying to decide, like, like when he hears that he can go with her, but he can't come back, which. Mm. Uh, in my research, I discovered that's not true because Splash 2 exists. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um. He He's sad because he's like, he won't see Freddy again. And I'm like, why do you want to see Freddy again? Freddy sucks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the ending as well because I have problems with that fucking thing, right? Oh, me too. <laughs> but um, that's right. So we'll just... Could, we'll just join our um, problems here because I want to talk a little bit about Freddy as well. Um... See, I was kind of conflicted this time round because this was the first time I actively dis- disliked Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when I was a kid, I used to think he was funny because, as you said, you know, we're, we're programmed to think this sort of thing is hilarious. Well, and it's John Candy, and we all love yeah, John Candy, right? Exactly. Exactly. Canadian treasure, John Candy. <laughs> um, but he's just, like, he's an uncaring creep he's just so and he doesn't even have a character arc Eugene Levy's um, character has more of an arc than him I'll give him this at the end when they sneak her out he does stay behind like he he knows he's gonna get arrested or something for that right yeah but that just that just seems to me that something Freddy would do anyway oh yeah that's true do you know it just seems like it's not I don't know. It's not as he jumped in front of a bullet for his brother or anything. <laughs> I was reading about how this got really good reviews, or mostly good reviews, but Roger Ebert didn't like it, and he said that he thought it would be better if the actors were switched because we would be more sympathetic to like John Candy as like the down on his like you know the guy looking for love and stuff because Tom Hanks is just like too charming and too attractive mm-hmm. and that Tom Hanks as Freddy would have been better and I actually thought that I don't know if I agree with that but I do think it's very interesting yeah that's um yeah it would be more of a comedy if it was that way though mm-hmm. um because it would be a John Candy movie rather than a Tom Hanks 80s Tom Hanks movie <laughs> well it was what and people would love to laugh at the idea of like Daryl Hannah wanting to be with John Candy but uh maybe that would have um started us not being such assholes about fat people <laughs> like yeah. maybe that cuz you know and and it would have been realistic to me because we were watching a long shot last night and Dylan and I both started ranting about how people get pissed off about beautiful women falling in love with Seth Rogen in the movies. Mm-hmm. And we're like, why wouldn't you fall in love with Seth Rogen? <laughs> <laughs> I, I and, don't understand it. I don't understand why in people's heads it has to be an attractive person with an attractive person. I mean, and that's not to say, I mean, John Candy's not exactly a hideous looking man. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's just because he's fat. 
<laughs> yeah, that's well, the that's joke. the thing that in movies, if you're fat, that leads to that just equals unattractive, which sucks. Because yeah. John yeah. Candy, like you watch him in Uncle Buck, he's charming as hell, right? Well, like I, you can see why, even though he's a deadbeat, like this woman would keep coming back to him. <laughs> like he's, I mean, it's like Seth Rogen, like. He's charming, he's funny, and he's not unattractive. He's just not the stereotype, right? Mm. But it's so funny, like, Tom Hanks is so young. Like, I'm... It was just... I was just watching this movie and being like, these people are babies. Yeah, absolutely. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-600-3010. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns, help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-600-3010 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-600-3010 to see if you qualify. That's 800-600-3010. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Absolutely. Um, well... And Tom Hanks and John Candy worked together one more time in Volunteers, which was released the year after this. And I think that was sort of like a missed opportunity, those two, because I think they do work together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do in that movie as well. So I think that it's, it looked as though it was going to be like the start of a, a double act, but then they only did the two movies together back to back. So it was a bit of a shame, but... Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm conflicted, as I said, because I love John Candy. I do. I love the man, but this time I was just like, "Oh, I fucking, don't, I don't like you." Well, <laughs> That's this is just he's, gross. he's the character that Dylan, like Dylan, and I talk about this a lot on our podcast. That like, um, there's the lovable asshole, and we've known this person. That's like someone that's an asshole, and if somebody complains, and but you're friends with them because they're fun and they're charming, and if somebody complains about them, you'll just say. Oh, that's Freddy. That's just how he is. Yeah. And now you look back at those people and you're like, no, no, I shouldn't have been friends with that person. That's a terrible person. And it's just because they're fun doesn't mean that you should encourage the behavior. Yeah. So do you think maybe Freddy would, the the character of Freddy as he stands just now, it would be different if he didn't do the um, dropping the coins to look up the women's dresses trick as an adult? You know, I I think that, yeah, the doing it as an adult thing is stupid. Like, mm. it actually works better if you just see him doing it as a kid, and that's just, like, a kid who's, because, you know, there's the stereotype, which I understand is, you know, true for a lot of um, boys back in the day that, like, mm. I mean, you didn't have the internet. Like, you do whatever you can to get a peek of, like, <laughs> some chick's underwear yeah. or their boobs. And so that's, like, that might be... a problematic cute thing for a kid to be doing and it foreshadows him like 
you know, writing into Penthouse Forum when he's older and stuff like that. But the fact that he's still doing it, yeah, it just makes him into such a man child. Like, it's so much worse than before. So, yeah, I think if they took that out, that would actually improve it a lot for me. Because yeah, <laughs> why I is he too, doing yeah. it? Meanwhile, Alan is different. He's, he's more... Um, First of all, he's not a pervy perv like that, but he's also pretty woke because at one point we find out that if Madison was trans, he would still love her. Yeah. It's just a little line. Like, and I know it's supposed to be a joke. Like, what did you used to be a man? Like when he's trying to figure out her secret, but he's just like, I would be okay with that. And he sounds so sincere. Yeah. Cause it's Tom freaking Hanks. <laughs> I was like, that's an interesting moment that pl- actually plays pretty well right now. I think. Yeah. Considering it's the eighties. Exactly, yeah. Um, and this, I mean, this could have been sort of more because we we did an episode on Police Academy, and that was released the same year as this, and we did say that that was kind of progressive for the time. And I think that this film could have done that as well if it just made if it just oh fucking took that bit of Freddy as an adult <laughs> looking up the dresses because we've already seen him do it as a child, so. You know, and him talking about Penthouse and being in um, Penthouse magazine and stuff like that and talking about women, that is how we know he's still a perv. We don't need to see that he does the same thing he's been doing since he was 10. Oh, it just annoyed me. That's just, that was our um, first problem. What's your first problem? (laughs) Well, that was it now. So, (laughs) um, right. So my first problem and it's it's just something silly, right? It's nothing. It's, you know me. My problem. Some of my problems <laughs> are just bow ties. Um, but this is, uh, and it's something that a lot of movies do. So it's it's a general sort of problem, but um, it's in this movie, so it counts. Uh, the captions that at the beginning that tell us the dates. Mm-hmm. We open in one that says twenty years ago, and then after that it says this morning to show that it's present day but that only really counts if you're watching this in the 1980s because the flashbacks are like in brown and um, so that's clearly supposed to be the 60s but the present day scene shows us New York and we see the Twin Towers so that can only be set before 2001 so it's clearly an 80s movie so we don't need the captions (laughs) I have always had a bit of a problem with that when they you know, we'll say present day and they, you know, what year is it? You know, like, yeah. So, so, and sometimes it doesn't matter. And obviously, like, if you're watching this, you're going to be able to figure out it's older. Right. But no, like, I know. there is something about that, that um, it's, it's, God, it's so vague. And then I, I think what gets to me is that movies are filmed at one time and released at another. Mm-hmm. So when you're watching it, you might think, oh, this is 1984. But, like, is it? They're, they walk past a movie theater that's playing The Outsiders, and that came out in, what, 82? Mm-hmm. So, um... 83, I think. 83? Uh, yeah. You'd think I'd know, because, God, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. No one shuts up about The Outsiders here. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, like, we have an Outsiders museum now. You're right, it's 83. Um, like... I should know this. I went to the same high school as the author of The Outsiders. So. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, no, my yeah. main problem, the problem is really just the fact that it says this morning. Yeah. That that annoys me because you don't need the captions when 
you are you're showing us the sixties scene in a different color. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's um it's it's graded to look brown and uh you know old quote unquote. So that's all you needed, and we also get the the kids' names in the first scene. Mm-hmm. We we hear the name Alan, and the kids look like <laughs> the kid that that's great child casting. Um, for Tom Hanks and John Candy. I think that this morning thing maybe is supposed to be like kind of a joke. Like it's so specific. Like it's not today. Mm-hmm. It's not present day. It is this morning. Right. That's... Like I think maybe that's supposed to be like a funny thing. Who knows what Babalu Mandel was thinking? <laughs> oh, Babalu. Okay. So my second problem, and this will show you how jaded I am. Um, like this is, this is actually, it bothers me that this is a problem for me because I do love romantic comedies Yeah, and this is a huge problem in a lot of them. It is how fast they fall in love. Right. Okay. And I've actually, you know, I did watch it this morning, but in the hours since I watched it, I've been thinking about it a lot and I don't have as much of a problem with it as I did when I wrote my list. Mm -hmm. Um, because of the thing where she had saved him when they were kids and that he has trouble finding love throughout his life. And it's indicated that it's because he had this connection with her. Like, he's always been looking for her. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's because I wasn't, you know, I was, like, kind of messing with my phone a little while I was watching it this morning. Because um, I was having trouble staying awake because I was really tired. So, <laughs> maybe there was some stuff that I missed. But I felt like maybe that idea should have been pushed a little more. Mm-hmm. Because I had I wasn't totally sure... At the beginning, that that was the problem. He just seemed right. to me like a guy who couldn't say "I love you," and then he sees a hot naked chick. Yeah. Um. But if if I'm leaning into the idea that it's fate, that there is a connection there, then it's less of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Because if you are going with the idea of fate, then yes, they belong together. Well, he doesn't know it's hard until later on. He doesn't, but if he's feeling that, like, if there's, like, some sort of connection there, like, a like more of a soulmate thing, it works. Mm -hmm. But for me, who is much more jaded, I I get really upset when I'm watching a movie where people are supposed to have fallen in love so quickly. Yeah. Um, But I guess, since I have sort of talked myself out of a problem, like, that's a problem. But what's connected with it, um, which I hadn't written down was the like this is a movie totally made in a male gaze Mm -hmm. and the idea that this woman comes out of the water naked goes to like you know finds her way to him and then just jumps him like they screw in the elevator like Mm -hmm. that is such a like it it really until i thought of the fate thing the thing that bothers me is that he's in he's basically in love with her because she like fucked him right away yeah like that it is lust like, that's what makes it feel like lust to me. And it's just, it's, as a woman, it's just so insulting. Like, it's just such a, like, stereotypical man's dream. And I hate it. Yeah. And it, and it shows the, the, the thing that's interesting to me about the, the male gaze here and the female gaze is that I'm assuming in the 80s it appealed to a lot of men, this, and probably now, this hot naked woman, um, walking around and like everybody just wants to like, they want a real good shot of her naked and everybody's mm-hmm. obsessed with it. And then what I was attracted to, and then in reading um, some stuff about it online, like women, myself included, are attracted to her in the suit. Mm-hmm. That's hot. 
Right. Her in that suit in Bloomingdale's, I don't know how she knew how to tie a tie, but that's hot. Like, that's right. where yeah. I'm just like, oh, I, I, I'd I, hit that, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I actually agree with you there. <laughs> she looked really good, and I was mad at the saleswoman for for shaming her for watching Annie Hall too much, or you know, which is what she assumed. Mm-hmm. Although I like to dig at Annie Hall, even though I do love how Diane Keaton dresses in it, but uh, yeah. Woody Allen sucks. And another, this is like yep. a micro problem I had with the movie, but there's a line in that scene where she says, my daughter is lucky she's anorexic. Oh, God, yeah. That just pissed me off and I needed to mention it. That's okay, that's fine. But yeah, my problem is like just them falling in love so quickly and then the idea of um, like that it just seems like he's just real horny. Yeah, and also it it opens up like all sorts of questions because was when she jumps him, is that her losing her virginity? I think so. Um, Yeah, I don't know how like mer sex works. Like maybe she had. I mean, I'm assuming there's other mer people somewhere. Well, there must be. Yeah, because of the ending. But that's, it's also, like, part of my problem here, and it's it's taken away by the fact that she's actually really smart, but the fact that she can't talk, mm-hmm. like, there's something about her that comes off as, like, kind of childish and innocent. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, it's, like, kind of icky to me how much sex they have when I, and this is me being an asshole and assuming she doesn't know anything. But it, right. when when she does seem more childlike and innocent to me, it it creeps me out a little but i think that's why it's good that she's the one who initiates all the physical activity yeah she may have went on land before but i very highly doubt she's had sex with another like human before so it just seems a bit that's what you were talking about uh, that the film is made under the male gaze Mm -hmm. that just seems like wish fulfillment to me yeah it's like this hot virgin just jumpy untouched woman yeah it's a bit it's a bit sort of icky. And you can tell this is made in the eighties because they like she says things like when the moon is full she can come out for six days. Mm-hmm. Or but like, first of all, it seems like maybe it's her first time like on land for an extended period of time. But also like if this were made now and that's all they did, people would immediately be on Twitter bitching and moaning and being like why how does she know that where does this information come from like (laughs) we don't we don't deal with one-liner mythologies around here anymore no no everything's got to be explained fully these days yeah everything everything's got to be spoon-fed to you now it's like you can't just you can't just look at something and go yeah well maybe that's that 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 it's got to be explained or people will tweet about it and get annoyed. I have more to say about that, but I, I really think about like whether or not we need to know more, but I'll get to that on my third problem. Right. <laughs> What's your second problem? Well, my... Well, it's my third problem. <laughs> oh, your third problem. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying desperately to think of another problem, but I can't. <laughs> I can and always so, come up with plenty. Yeah. Uh, but my third problem is the ending. Well, that's my third problem. <laughs> we have the same problems for this one. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I just, I've always disliked the ending. He just goes and lives with her under the sea. It's, it, it ends so abruptly. They beat up and bite some folk that are just doing their jobs. 
and then they swim away and we see her home during the credits. It's just like, I'm not a fan of that. This is the thing where we do need to be spoon-fed more information about the mythology or whatever, because it makes no sense. She's like, you're with me, so you can make it down there. I need more information than that, because it does not make sense to me. Zero sense. And why doesn't he have fins? Yeah, exactly. I need to understand exactly. It is like such a sloppy ending. It's like they came up with an idea for the movie and they're like, well, they need to end up together in the end. And it's kind of sad if she leaves her life down there for the man, which I respect. I -hmm. liked that he went with her instead of her going with him. Yeah. Um, The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, there's this movie could be a lot worse. Like they they do fix a lot of things that could have almost been much bigger problems for me. But, like, I need to be told why this works. Mm-hmm. And I do want them to end up together. Like, this time watching it, I was like, okay, I get it a little more. Right, so I have come up with another problem. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> the Disney Plus version. Mm-hmm. My problem is the censorship. And it's not the film's fault, but that bit with she's running and jumping into the water and they've extended mm-hmm. her hair to cover her bum. Mm-hmm. That is the most ridiculous looking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It is terrible. And I've watched a few things on Disney Plus and they're very inconsistent to what they show. They have adventures and babysitting in there mm-hmm. and that is uh, that is the actual like TV version so there's no swearing in it whatsoever. So it's all the swearing's dubbed out of that version. But then they'll have other, they'll have like PG movies that have the word shit in it, like this one. This has the word shit in it. Um, and lesbian <laughs> and son of a bitch. Um, and all of that is still in the, it's all uncut apart from that bit, you know, apart from the, the nudity. And it's just very inconsistent and it just pissed me off just how much. And they have Avatar on there. And I'm pretty sure they're not cutting the F bomb out of Avatar. So. I've been thinking about this um, a lot lately, the censorship, especially with Disney Plus, because normally I'm against censorship, but I'm also kind of thinking about when we were younger, you're watching things on TV, right? Like things are censored for TV Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's tons of people who grew up in the 80s, 90s watching movies and then they get older and they like watch it on DVD or on streaming and they're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like what was it? Like the first handful of times I saw Heathers, I saw it on um TBS. And then when I rented it, it was shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the stuff that was in it. And so I'm like, well, we, it, they censored it for TV, and I've never really had a problem with that because it's just like there were things they could say on TV that they couldn't. Yeah. And Disney Plus is an app that I do appreciate that they are trying to make an app that is family friendly and mm-hmm. um, like that my kid could go on there and watch stuff and i don't really have to worry about what he's seeing yeah um but 
Disney owns Hulu, mm-hmm. and I really feel like if they are going to censor things here, they should put an uncensored version on Hulu. Like, I think Absolutely. if you want to watch Splash, I honestly, I am fine with them censoring it, but they need to be giving another option. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't be okay with the censorship if it weren't for two things. One, the fact that I grew up watching censored things on TV, and I feel like that's just something we've had. Mm-hmm. And two, because I fully support the censorship in Hamilton because they wanted to make Hamilton available to kids and it had three fucks in it. Right. And, you know, like Lynn manuel Miranda, who's hilarious, you know, made the joke that he literally gave two fucks <laughs> <laughs> for Hamilton to be available on Disney Plus, which my six-year-old son personally thinks they shouldn't have that one fuck. And uh, I've gotten into arguments with him. About, I'm arguing with my small child right. about the language, and we are on different sides than you would think. But, but I that's do... my problem, though, is the consistency, inconsistency that yeah, Disney and, Plus has. Well, and that's the thing, is that, like, while I get it... And I'm not as angry about it as a lot of people. What does make me angry is you have this movie where we are not supposed to see this woman's butt. Like, this is a part of the body that we all we all have butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it is something that everyone... I'm sitting is, on mine right now. <laughs> every, me too. Everyone's yeah. aware of them. Like, mm-hmm. it is a more natural thing. But are we censoring the perv that is looking up women's skirts? And exactly. And looking at porn? Like, yes. I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather my child see Daryl Hannah's ass than to see the behavior of Freddie. Yeah, exactly. And what I have a problem with is that censorship. And I don't even know if it's the same over there or here. Because I know, I know in the UK, different things get censored. Like, I remember reading that with Buffy, like, like when it was on BBC or wherever it aired, mm-hmm. that it, they would cut out, um, violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they wouldn't cut out, like, you know, like Spike and Buffy having sex and like making, like destroying a house, right? They, Whereas, they, trim, like, they trimmed it, but it was still there. Um, but they, they, they cut, they cut bits out. They shortened the scene, but but like here, it's more likely to be like nudity and sex mm-hmm. that's cut out. And I just because yeah. I just remember being in a hostel in two thousand three, and the TV in London, and the TV was on, and there was an episode of six feet under on and it's just like your basic television everybody has and i'm seeing tons of naked bodies and i'm like you can do that here yeah after nine o'clock it, it was shocking when they showed a butt on cable here so yeah <laughs> yeah um i that's that's my rant about the censorship because i i want to say i'm 100 percent against it and i think it is a an it is one of those things where it's like well i grew up with this so it's okay which isn't a great argument <laughs> No, because you can say that like tons of people say that about like, you know, systemic racism and shit. And yeah. I'm not OK with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm with you 100 percent on that, um, because, again, I grew up watching the Goonies recorded off the TV. Um, and then when I first saw it on um, DVD, I was like, they say shit a lot in that movie. A lot um, <laughs> well, and I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess with the Mighty Ducks on Disney Plus. I'm not sure, and I really should look into it. Uh, with the Mighty Ducks, I'm gonna guess they still show them. They find a box of dirty magazines. I'm sure they still show that. They yeah. say shit in the movie. I wouldn't be surprised if that was still there. Emilio Estevez gets a DUI at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like it's a pretty dark movie, and I'm gonna guess they leave in more dark stuff in that than Daryl Hannah's 
butt. Although her hair is so long in this movie mm-hmm. that like them covering her ass with it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch to me. I know, but it just looks I know. awful. I know. Um, and I mean, and like I said, as soon as I saw it was edited, I immediately grabbed a DVD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I've, I mean, I've watched, I forwarded through some things and like stuff like Free Men and a Baby, Free Men and a Little Lady, they're all uncut. They're all like, as far as I can tell, they've got all the swearing in it and everything. And But it's, it's just, why have Adventures and Babysitting in there if you're just going to show the TV version? Yeah, Adventures in Babysitting, like, I'm shocked it's on there. Yeah. I watched it a million times as a kid, and not even on TV. I mean, we we would watch it, my dad and I would watch it every time we saw it was on TV, but we rented it a lot, so I know I saw the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, my mom was like, if you guys go to the, to the rental place and you come back with Adventures in Babysitting again, <laughs> you cannot rent movies for a month. <laughs> Did that work? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we. My dad just loved it when they had to sing the blues. Like that. this is his favorite thing. <laughs> so have you have you have you said your third problem yet? I'm, yeah, it I'm was the ending. Lost. Right. Like so, we just the, and it shows it shows that this movie is perfectly problematic. That like we had the same problems. Yeah. Whereas a lot of things, they're actually not as bad. So we are finding completely different things because mm-hmm. we're having to try harder. Exactly. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> so, what is your positive of the movie? My positive is Madison. I think. Well, first of all, uh, shout out to them making it a popular name because I've always mm-hmm. liked that name. It's kind of a joke stereotype now about like bitchy white women, but I have always liked the name. <laughs> She's very smart. Like, mm-hmm. it is kind of ridiculous that she gets a really great grasp on the English language in, like, six hours. But she is, she's so intelligent. And um, it is so impressive how fast she learns everything. And it makes it more believable to me that he is in love with her. Like, more believable that it's not just the sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she is, she is an extraordinary woman. And it is a... It is a thing I like about Daryl Hannah's characters in the 80s that, like, it is, it. I mean, it's always kind of a stereotype, not as much these days, but, like, the dumb, blonde, sexy woman that your main mm-hmm. character falls in love with. But if you watch this and if you watch Roxanne, and she she plays that intelligence so well. Yeah. Um, and I think in a lot of, like, not even just 80s movies, like... And it, I guess it's not just blondes, because, like, I've never seen it, but my understanding of that one James Bond movie where Denise Richards plays a scientist yeah. is that it is terribly done. Yeah, the, the world is not enough. But she's so good. Like, I I do kind of fall in love with her a little. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, I watched Roxanne um, just a couple of months ago. It was at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> and yeah. she's a, an incredibly smart woman in that movie, too. And so I just, I respect that she's not just a dumb blonde woman. Like, it seems like maybe she will be at the beginning. And once again, that's me being an asshole for assuming she's going to keep your whole home running like clockwork. From the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet, you'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. In business, things move quickly. You have to be ready to shift. Pivot. Adapt. Then do it all over again. 
Comcast Business gives you fast, reliable internet on the nation's largest gig speed network. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. Wow, that was fast. So no matter what comes next, you can do more than bounce back. You can bounce forward. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast business service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. going to be unintelligent just because she isn't speaking. <laughs> so my positive, um, I want to say Tom Hanks, but I can't. Um, because I did that for Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> but I, I do like comedy, sort of dramedy Tom Hanks. I do like that period mm-hmm. of Tom Hanks. So my positive is this. There is some absolutely gorgeous underwater photography in this movie. Yes. It is beautiful to look at in HD. And it's just something I never appreciated before because, you know, mm-hmm. watching it off on a VHS. But when I watched it on Disney Plus and it was in HD, it is absolutely stunning. The, the stuff that they do underwater in this film. Um, and I really like when she is swimming about um, I don't know how long that took for her to swim about because she's not wearing any breathing apparatus. So that would have to take, you know, a few takes to, for her to do that one action of swimming into the boat and getting the map. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one part with, there's a turtle that sort of flies by her. Hey, it's flies by her, swims by <laughs> her, and she just sort of like gives a, oh, what are you doing? Look. <laughs> and it's just she's she still gives off this sort of personality underwater and um uh, but yeah it's so much just beautiful underwater photogra- photography in this movie it looks gorgeous in hd one of the most interesting things i read about this movie was the like apparently when she was a kid she was obsessed with uh, the story of the little mermaid mm-hmm. and um she would swim with her legs bound together Like a mermaid. So, like, she knew how to do that very well. Yeah, well, that must... Yeah, no, I actually thought about that. That must have been difficult to do. Because this day and age, they'll just CG that. So Well, and you would think that, like, with that information, that, oh, that's why she got hired. The list of people that turned down this movie Mm. is insane. (laughs) Okay, so, like, the Tom Hanks role... Was turned down by Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Dudley Moore, John Travolta, and Michael Keaton. I could see this as a Dudley Moore film from the from the eighties. Yeah, and it probably would have been worse. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. look, I like what's that movie? I like <laughs> the one that was remade with Russell Brand. Um, Arthur. Arthur, I like Arthur, but there is yeah. something troubling about <laughs> Dudley Moore every time I watch him. I don't know yeah. what it is. No, there's, um, so, there's something sort of um, icky watching Dudley Moore. I don't know why, because, you know, he is actually quite a talented... He was a talented musician and he was a talented comedian because he did a lot of stuff in the UK before going to America. Um, he was part of a double act with Peter Cook and he was a very sort of smart um, comedian, but once he got to America, he just did these sort of sex-starved British man roles a lot. And it was like, yeah, I don't really like, I don't really like that. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Oh, but <laughs> supposedly the women who turned down this role were Jodie, uh, Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. uh, Brooke Shields, uh, <laughs> Julia Louise-Dreyfus, Melanie Griffith, um, a bunch of people I haven't heard of, Diane Lane. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sharon Stone, and Kathleen Turner. And I don't oh. know... How- 
I don't know how well you can trust all of this because no. it's IMDb and sometimes they'll list that somebody uh, was offered a role and didn't take it. And then later you find out they just auditioned. Mm-hmm. But I have seen a lot of these names, especially the the male names in various places um, where it was actually verified they turned it down. Um, which yeah. is understandable. If you look at the idea of this movie, you can see why somebody at that time would be like, well, that that's not going to work. This would be a completely different movie with Jodie Foster. Yeah, she's she's a little too intense for me. Um, and one thing I want to mention before we before we quit is uh-huh. there's like a whole th- thing element to this movie we have not talked about at all, and that is the whole Eugene Levy storyline and the fact yeah. that she gets taken by the government and they want to like dissect her, mm-hmm. and it's. Like the Eugene Levy shit, like for a while, I'm like, and I love him. I just, mm-hmm. I just finished watching Shit's Creek for the first time, so right. I am currently um, obsessed with the the Levy family. But um, it's so silly. Like I'm just over storylines where there's someone who gets hurt more and more throughout a film and by the yeah. end they're like they have like a million casts and stuff like i feel like that's that's a thing in a lot of movies especially older mm-hmm. movies that i'm just like not into but he's like this asshole who's trying to expose her mm-hmm. um which like i get because he's probably like he's thinking he, he he wants to prove he's not crazy so yeah. i do relate to that <laughs> i do get that it gets it gets dark like, they take her, and it gets dark, and he is, like, realizing what a bad decision he's made and decides to change it. He has this whole character arc. Yeah, absolutely. It is actually really interesting. And also, yeah. I think I, I it made me realize, like, things like this in E.T., I think are what made a lot of people in our generation, like, distrust the government. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I was saying earlier about um, that I think Eugene Levy's character has more of an arc than John Candy's character. Yeah. Um, but because he does, he does have a he's, he's got a great arc. But actually, because it's when he he sees her um, and her scales, her tail's starting to get all withered and stuff, and he just takes his glasses off and he's like, basically saying, "What the fuck have I done?" Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah. It's really good stuff, um, that that character arc. But I agree with you that him getting constantly hurt throughout is just rubbish. <laughs> well, and well. It's, what's interesting is John Candy wanted that role. And they were like, no, right. no, no, we want you to be Freddy. And he was the one, I, I mean, this isn't a shocker because of SCTV, but he was the one that recommended Eugene Levy for the role. No, I, I, it's, it's, a good, it's a good role. And I guess that's why we haven't talked about him before I specifically brought him up because we clearly didn't have a problem no. <laughs> with him. No. <laughs> and so, like, even though we're, you know, the whole premise of the podcast is that we're talking about movie problems with the movies, <laughs> like, I wanted, to, like, that's just, that's a huge chunk of the movie we didn't even touch. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but the, I mean, you, also, nothing actually happens to the quote unquote bad guys. Like the 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 professor guy who takes over as the bad guy from Eugene Levy, nothing happens to him. Yeah, just Freddy gets arrested and that's it. Yeah. So it's quite ballsy for a film to do that as well. Like not show any comeuppance for the bad guy. That's because the government gets away with it. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all we have time for. Um, if you'd like to f- uh, contact us. 
It's contact at shiftybench.co.uk um, if you have any suggestions for movies that we can tackle. Uh, you can follow me at Drop the Pilot Pod on Twitter. Where can people follow you, Jen? Uh, at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. And uh, I'm, you know, technically on the other f- places. <laughs> That's where you find me. Excellent. So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.